7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Thank you, Greg, and good evening, everyone, and thanks for staying with us on uh, SAFM and for joining us on the show uh, with me, Tabi Somosia, and Katla Mudiba producing. Uh, tonight, we'll speak to the South African Football Association, that is SAFA, about... Uh, what seems to be a looming battle, and I'm using that word lightly, between them and the PSL. We've been reliably informed that SAFA has written to the PSL last week asking for players to be released for the under-23 AFCON, which gets underway in Egypt from the 8th to the 22nd of next month. Our team is already there, of course. They lost to Egypt uh, 1-0 in a friendly uh, yesterday, with Ramadan Sobi scoring the goal in the other match on Friday ended 1-1. But now, SAFA has apparently asked the PSL to postpone some fixtures next month so that clubs can release their players. But the junior AFCON does not fall on a FIFA date, so it's a tough one. But why has SAFA left it so late? And uh, the PSL has a full program on those days, including the Telcom knockout matches. So we will speak to SAFA. We'll also hear from former under-23 player and Olympian Matthew Booth, who was part of that team that beat Brazil in a Sydney 2000 Olympics. That's not the only topic we are discussing with SAFA because it seems like they also want to take over the multi-choice disc challenge. From what we understand, we'll get clarity from them. I believe that their argument is that the MDC is an under-21 tournament, so it should fall It should fall under SAFA, who are in charge of a match of football in the country. But it seems like uh, the PSL is having none of it, so we'll get a better understanding then from SAFA about this. We did invite the PSL also for both topics, but they've requested not to comment at this stage, so we'll respect that. Then there was another ugly incident last night in European football. Many of us were watching England's 6-0 win over Bulgaria, but it was overshadowed. Actually, the result is not even the story of what happened in Sofia because uh, those disgusting monkey chants and the Nazi signs directed towards England's black players and the likes of Raheem Sterling, Tyrone Meigs and Marcus Rashford should be the talking point now after that game unfortunately. The Prime Minister of Bulgaria has called on the country's football head to resign and he did resign apparently a few hours ago because the Prime Minister says he's embarrassed by what happened last night. So we're going to speak shortly to the sports editor of The Voice and founder of Football Blacklist, Rodney Hines who's already on the line, uh, ready to speak to us. And we hope to speak to the SABC about the new broadcast deal that they've struck with SAFA, which was announced on Saturday. I do believe, though, that um, the SABC is locked um, in Parliament today. So if they do have a few minutes uh, to speak to us, and then uh, they said that they will avail someone to speak to us. But that one is not guaranteed. But we're hoping that we can get a comment from the SABC just to understand more about this deal uh, between them and SAFA because it was uh, announced over the weekend, and I think a lot of people missed it. If you want to weigh in on any of our conversations, our lines are always open throughout the show on 0891-104-207. Our number on WhatsApp for voice notes is 061-4104-107. And we take SMSs on 41391. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. So as I mentioned, England 6-0 win over Bulgaria is not even is not even the story because of those scenes of racism that saw the game being halted uh, twice and uh, officials threatening to abandon the match. And we have on the line, as I mentioned, the sports editor of The Voice and founder of Football Blacklist, Rodney Hines, to get the latest. Mr. Hines, good evening and thanks again for speaking to us here on SAFM in South Africa. Good evening. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. It's 2019. We're still talking about the same issue, Mr. Hines. What do you make of what happened last night between England and Bulgaria? Um, I think I think it was a very significant development that the players, no matter what their colour, the management of the England team um, took the stand that they did. 
You might recall that last week, before a ball had even been kicked, Tammy Abraham, the Chelsea striker, mm. the England player, suggested what might happen. Mm. And there's also been an awful lot of talk in terms of racism in football. What we saw last night was a little bit of action. So um, I think it won't solve the issue, but I think it will get the powers that be talking. And once they finish talking, they need to take some action um, because quite clearly the players have had enough. Mm. And I, I mentioned now that um, the, the, the Prime Minister of Bulgaria asked the, the football FA president uh, to resign and he's resigned. What do you make of this action that is taken? Yeah, I mean, listen, no one wants anyone to lose their job, but um, I think some of the statements and comments attributed to the, the gentleman were not great. Um, needed to be a little bit more responsible. Um, but there's always a bigger picture. And the bigger picture is that black players around the world, whether it be Mr. Lukaku uh, in Italy, uh, whether it be um, some of the players that currently play in England, because we must also understand um, it's not just a Bulgarian problem. Mm. It's not just an English problem. It's not just an Italian problem. It is a problem full stop. And as I said, the players have had enough. So while uh, he's lost his job, there is a bigger picture. Talking about the bigger picture, some say the coach should also lose his job because he was saying that they need to prove it first if there was racism. And as far as this concerned, there was no yeah, proof yet. I mean, I take, I take the stance as well that he should, he should be sanctioned in some way, simply because I, I don't think his comments pre-match were helpful or useful in any way. Um, so... Not good, and unfortunately, the warnings and, and, and the pre-match comments sadly were borne out by the ignorant um, few that decided that they wanted to monkey chance mm. to the players. And on that note, I mean, part of the stadium was already closed because of, of, of recent incidents in the past. Is this part of the problem because it seems like whatever punishment here is not enough? Well, what I think is fascinating in regards to um, last night is that what the players doing actually interrupted the product. And we've always talked about the football match should always go on and we mm. should get on with it regardless. If the players slowly but surely decide that this is the only way people will listen to them and then do something, you may have Premier League games interrupted. You may have games in Serie A interrupted. And if that's the case... Because we all know that football is a business, yeah? Mm -hmm. If that is the case, I actually believe the authorities might start taking some action. Because the failure for football matches to take place over 90 minutes, or for them to be cancelled altogether because of the player action, means it will hit revenue, it will hit TV, it will hit all the commercial partners. And then, and only then, might you see people wanting to take action. Because the product won't take place, which is the football match, which will hit revenue, which will hit all sorts of, have all sorts of financial ramifications. On that note, I, I was going to get to that point. I want to play this, this short clip of the England manager, Gareth Southgate, and I just want to get your reaction on what he had to say. Naturally, because of, they want to be recognised for their football, they, want, they were playing so well that they didn't want to leave the pitch at that moment as well. I'm sure that would have been part of their thinking. Uh, of course, we could be criticised for not going far enough. But I think we've made a huge statement and 
Um, frankly, we were in an impossible situation to get it right to the satisfaction of everybody. So he's basically saying that they decided to play on and that's the message that they wanted to send, that they won't be distracted or they won't be intimidated. And uh, what do you make of his argument? Yeah, I can see his argument. Listen, I mean, he spoke in a very serious tone um, and I get that. But at the end of the day, the players did the right thing. And don't forget, they walked off as a man, as a group. It wasn't just the black players, as a Mm. group. And I think I heard England captain Harry Kane say earlier today, they're my teammates, they're my friends. And when something like that happens to them, we walk off together. So in terms of Gareth Southgate, listen, the the result is the least important thing, as I think you alluded to. Mm. It was 6-0. And these guys um, are saying, we want to deal with it our way. Because back in the day, whether it be a Cyril Regis, whether it be a Laurie Cunningham and players that were pioneering, they didn't have the ability to walk off the field en masse. So what did they do? They continued to take uh, the abuse. Um, Today's modern player, because they are multi-millionaires, because they know their worth, because they know their profile, they can stand shoulder to shoulder and make the decision that they did. And as I said, I think last night was a seminal moment in global football. And I'd be interested to find out now what punishment the Bulgarian authorities are served up Mm. and how that will resonate around football. Because mark my words, with social media and with more black players in in the various leagues around the world, these guys talk to each other, whether it be a Jadon Sancho in Germany, whether it be a Raheem Sterling in England, a Lukaku in Italy, these guys are all hooked up to each other. And that is why now we're seeing a collective battle against this this horrifying, disgraceful abuse, which, with all due respect, has been for too long Mm. allowed to go on. And what do the rules say, Mr. Hines? Is it up to the players to stop the game? Is it up to the authorities? Because I heard the commentator saying that the referee has a three-point plan, basically, and the game was halted twice. I'm not sure what exactly that three-point plan is. I think the three-point plan is for the referee to acknowledge that it's happening. Mm-hmm. I think the three-point plan is also includes an announcement over the uh, public address system. Which happened. And I think possibly one of the other parts of the plan is that then the referee talks to the management of the, the respective teams. So I think that's something of the plan. The fact that we don't all know what that plan is tells me that maybe... Um, that plan needs to be identified and addressed a little bit more so that the public and the media know exactly what's going on. But I think that's the plan. Mm. Um, So, listen, the plan clearly is not working. It is not enough to get people to come into a stadium, enjoy a football match and leave without venting their anger and their abuse. So, obviously, anything in place now clearly is not working. And the final... The final decision now has to be about the players. Because whether that be you you in your radio studio, me in my office, it wouldn't be allowed to happen. Mm. There would be processes, tribunals, sanctions for anyone that abused anybody in an office. We've always got to remember that the footballer's place of work is the football field. And if they're going to be abused there... They are more than entitled to do what they did last night.
Okay, let's go to some of the voice notes that have come through on 0614104107. If you've just joined us, we're speaking to Mr. Rodney Hines, sports editor of The Voice and founder of Football Blacklist about the ugly incidents that we saw yesterday when England beat Bulgaria 6-0 in the Euro 2020 qualifiers. Hi, Tavison South Africans. Eddie from Undal's Res. You know, I just want to, uh, you know, if the, we have the office of the ambassador for Bulgaria in this country, I'm sure it will be better that they must also raise uh, their voice to say they're against um, of what happened. People were howling to Sterling and Rashford. We, we cannot really allow these things to happen. Really, at this time, people still regard us as monkeys, as baboons. You know, I'm so disappointed. Um, I'm happy that the, the, the man was um, asked to resign. Really, Bulgarians who are in this country in South Africa, please, I'm pleading with you, raise your voices and say you are against what Bulgarians did to the uh, England uh, players. Thank you very much. Hi, Tabiso. Uh, Zico Smith from Magau. On the issue of uh, uh, England and Bulgaria, I just heard you saying the president of Bulgaria asked the, the Nijodan of Bulgarian football to resign, and the guy has since resigned. And we know how FIFA is strict about government governments interfering in the running of soccer. So won't FIFA take action against Bulgaria? Because I remember there was sometimes uh, sometimes back when FIFA suspended one of the countries because the government was uh, taking charge in the running of football. So I'm just uh, asking, won't FIFA take action against Bulgaria in all of this? Thank you. Okay, thanks for that, Zico. And, and I saw it's been a talking point on social media today. Ms. Mr. Hines, do you expect FIFA to intervene here because they don't want political interference in sport? Yeah, I think football. I think so. Um, and that's why I think it was so important that the players took some action because what this now has, it has the administrators, whether they be at UEFA or certainly at FIFA, now saying something has to be done. That's why I said to you earlier on, what we now, whether it be the public, whether it be the media, whether it be the players, whether it be the management, we are now all waiting to see what football does hmm. um, in response to all this. We've seen what the players have done and it's caused some shock and it's con- some consternation. And as I said, I know some of those players and walking off the field and interrupting games isn't exactly what they want to do, but they feel they have no choice. So now, over to the legislators, over to the administrators to see what they do in terms of globally and more specifically the Bulgarian Football Association. What sanctions would be appropriate here? Because it's not the first time Bulgaria has this kind of a problem. Personally, um, I think that until nations or clubs are turfed and kicked out of tournaments, um, it won't make any difference. I think that is when, and if it's the Bulgarian Football Association on this occasion based on last night's event, as I said to you before, football, sport in particular, is about money. Mm. And I think that if there is a sanction of a country or a club being kicked out of a tournament, I think very hastily, that revenue that they will then be missing for whether it be a European or World Cup qualifier, that money that they will clearly um, not be able to generate through the turnstiles, I think you would slowly but surely see uh, clubs and nations sorting out their dirty business. 
Okay, we just want to take a quick break. Mr. Heinz, if you can stay with us and we'll continue after this. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. And talking about Twitter, Zuelicha on Twitter says the Bulgaria captain Evelyn Popov was a hero. He alone went to speak to supporters to stop the racism. Big up to Popov. And on that note then, Mr. Heinz, there is another argument that when these chants were happening, maybe Bulgaria should have walked off to send a strong statement to their supporters. Where do you and, stand in that debate? That, that, that's a really good argument. And I, and I would say this. Eventually, that's what you might get. You might get both teams walking off. Mm. And then p- the power of that demonstration as such will resonate around the world. Because as we all know, and I repeat myself, football is big business. We all know the sums of money that pass hands in order for, for, for the Premier League, for example, to be shown around the world, etc., etc. So you're absolutely spot on with that. What you may get eventually, because they're all players, they all talk to each other. Mm. Uh, they play for their club sides and then they do their thing for their national teams. Eventually, I think that's where you're going to go. Because, but that won't start until last night's interrupted game resonates around the world. And well done to the Bulgarian captain for trying his best. But what really last night has done, it's got people talking. And once the talking has stopped, whether it be the Bulgarian Football Association, whether it be UEFA, whether it be FIFA, action has to be taken. I mean, with all due respect, we wouldn't be talking now if this incident didn't take place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's what I'm saying. It's put the whole subject, and we have been talking about it forever, it's put the whole subject in the shop window. But as I said, once the talking has stopped, then we need some action. Okay, let's go back to the voice notes here. We've got another one that's come through uh, on 0614104107. Uh, good evening, guys. Uh, it's Lloyd here from Utenek. Um, You see this um, this situation with England versus Bulgaria. Bulgaria it's kind of disturbing to some people. Um, but my point is, why don't maybe FIFA uh, like set a record straight like and ban um, the, 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 the national team maybe for, 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 for two years or, or so? Or better yet, why doesn't FIFA involve the, the, the government of all nations that which play soccer, which fall under FIFA? Why don't they continue um, get involved with the government? And so that if a person chants um, those chants about monkeys and baboons as well can be charged and be jailed. Let it be a criminal offense. Like in South Africa, when you call a, a black person um, a, a coward. Thanks for that, uh, Lloyd. I think we've already touched on that with Mr. Hines saying that now we wait and we want to see what the authorities will do because whatever they've been doing is clearly not enough. We've got another voice note. Hi, Tabiso. Good evening. I'm uh, Martin from uh, Eswatini, that is Swaziland. Well, I think uh, the Bulgarians, they should be banned from international football so that the message, message can be sent that racism in, in, in football or racism in any sport is unacceptable. Thank you. Thank you. I think they're both saying the same thing, Mr. Hines, those two uh, listeners, that there should be stronger action, that they should go as far as banning them from international football. Do you agree with those sentiments? Totally agree. Totally agree with them. Um, I just think that the scenario has been allowed to to drift for far too long. 
Um, and as I said, I know some of those players, and they they didn't really want to walk off the field to play. They wanted to to score six goals. They wanted to score maybe nine goals because that's what you want to do. You want to put people in their place, um, courtesy of of the medium that you're there to do, which is to score goals or to defend goals. But we have got this bigger picture which we can't ignore. Yeah, and 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 finally, I mean, Raheem Sterling hasn't been shy to take on to Twitter today. And yes, last night he says, "I feel sorry for Bulgaria to be represented by such idiots in their stadium." He also said, um, mm. "Credit to the sports minister and uh, the the prime minister for calling for the FA head uh, to resign." What do you make of 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 the mental strength shown by the likes of Raheem Sterling and Tarun Mingzia? It's first class. As I said, you know, if you were in your radio studio or I was in my office and we were being abused, that would not be healthy. That would not that would not um, be good for what we're trying to do in our day jobs. So why do we do it to footballers in, at, in their day jobs? So in terms of their mental strength, once again, I think you've used the right terminology. terminology. These guys just want to play football. They want to be entertained. They, they are entertainers, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So for them to have to endure... Um, some of the stuff that they've had to endure, it's just not on. But you're absolutely right. They have shown incredible mental strength to deal with it, put it to the side, and get on with what they need to do. Last night was a demonstration that will they will not accept this forever. Let's take the last voice note. Good evening, Mr. Msia. I think the issue of racism, I want to applaud to the government of Bulgaria for firing the president of their FAA, FA after what happened against England. And if the same can be done in Italy, because you know that in certain parts in Italy, there are those uh, charts that uh, the specific directed to the black players. So big up to the Bulgarian government. I think uh, I, I support what they've done and they're from Max in Pretoria. Thanks for that, Maxwell Mkonto in Pretoria. Finally, Mr. Hines, when do you expect us to get direction from the authorities? How long do they take mm-hmm. to respond and to deal that, with this matter? That's the $24 million question. Um, I think for there to be some sort of satisfactory outcome, they need to do that within the next couple of days. Um, if it's allowed to go too far, I think the public's belief, I think the, the, the players' belief in them as an organization will diminish. I'd like to think that inside a week or of this incident, we should have some information. I keep my fingers crossed. Uh, we certainly will too. Thank you very much for finding time again to speak to us, Mr. Hines. We really appreciate your, your insight. Take care. Thank you, sir. Sports editor of The Voice and founder of Football Blacklist. Check them out on Twitter at Footy Blacklist there um, on social media. That's Mr. Rodney Hines. Yeah.